0: this is our last little lesson on uh, our mini-series about understanding some of God's ways and we're just using the Christmas story because we're in that season and uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about angels tonight it's been a long time since I've talked about angels I have taught on angels before but boy it's been a long long time so I thought it'd be a good time just to uh, Study up on it a little bit, and to be reminded that they are a part of God's economy and how He interacts with us here on Earth. Um, next week, as Trace mentioned, is our party, so we'll look forward to that. We will have a a service. Um, we'll have some of the children participating and some special things, sing some Christmas carols. Have a have a really. It will be a mini devotional, and uh, then we'll have a candlelight time together, and so next Wednesday night will be a great time to be here in the house of God, so we hope everybody comes out and participates in that, and then the next Wednesday we'll start our new series, and it's 10 tests you must pass to get to your destiny, and so uh, we've got some interesting topics here, so I think we're going to enter the new year really, really well. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 2, I'm going to begin reading with verse 8. It's just another familiar passage of the Christmas story. It says, and is Tyler still back there on that, Lord? Because, well, it's, it's, it's real hot right now, so it needs to be brought down. Luke 2, verse 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And so we're going to talk a little bit about angels tonight. We find all through the Christmas accounts interaction with angels. I don't know if you've thought about it, but the Bible tells us that it was angels that visited Joseph in Matthew's gospel and spoke to him. And here in Luke's gospel, we find angels showing up as well. And I wrote on the notes, whenever God is about to bring about change or great transitions, well, we'll always find uh, uh, increased spiritual activity, but you'll find, in particular, uh, certain things happening, and one of which would be the ministry of angels increasing. Unfortunately, like other spiritual realities, Hollywood and other media sources have twisted and fabricated the way that these spiritual beings work. And, you know, that's part of the enemy's plan is that if he can't defeat you, he confuses you. And if he can keep you in confusion, then he can ostensibly shut you down. Uh, Confusion will just grind everything to a halt. And so that's why oftentimes, you know, uh, we'll watch movies or we'll watch television shows and uh, we'll see something endearing or interesting or even supernatural. And we'll think, well, that must be how it works when that may not be how it works at all. I always find it fascinating that whenever there's something supernatural that Hollywood wants to talk about, especially demonic or evil, that it's always technology that overcomes evil. Have you ever noticed that in Hollywood? Somehow man's technology figures out how to overcome the evil. Well, technology will not defeat evil. Um, Only the power of God will do that. So anyway, that's a little side note to angels. But just out of curiosity, and I ask this on occasion, uh, however you define it, and 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 you may have to redefine it maybe after tonight. But just out of curiosity, uh, how many of you feel like you've interacted or or had a, a your path crossed by an angel? I mean, just curious. Just how many would define that that way? I mean, if you haven't, that's all right. But but I'm always amazed at how many people feel like somehow some way that they've had an interaction and when they walked away, they felt like that that was an angel or perhaps that was an angel. And so uh, they're very much. A part of God's kingdom. They are very much a part of how God interacts with his people in the earth. And so we want to just help clarify and define some things tonight. We read here in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, about the heavenly host. The angel shows up, and then all of a sudden, there in verse 13, that a multitude, the scripture says, of the heavenly host showed up as well, beginning to praise God. Well, what are the heavenly host? Well, the short and simple answer is that they are this vast array of spiritual beings. That tend that tend to the presence of God and implement the will of God. There are literally, the scripture tells us, millions of angels. Now, you probably have added this up, you've probably heard this already, but when Lucifer took a third of the angels with him, you understand that there were still two-thirds of angels that were still loyal and participating in In the kingdom of God and so there are literally millions Maybe innumerable amounts of angels and the Bible tells us and i'm not going to read to you all of these passages I will take the time to read a few though that they are immortal Beings and were created by God to represent and guard his interests They were created to represent and guard his interests Now let's talk about some of the things that we can know about angels the first thing I wrote down here is they were created sometime before the creation of human beings. I I understand the Book of Job to be to be dated um, sometime even perhaps uh, if if we could put it chronologically he, he would probably show up maybe even sometime in the Book of Genesis. He's not mentioned in Genesis, but I do believe that the Book of Job was written closer to creation than it was where it's placed in the Bible. And when it talks about Uh, The Sons of the Morning or the Morning Stars singing together. It's talking about angels at that particular time. And we know that they were created and that they existed because Satan's fall happened prior to the creation of mankind. So we know that angels existed sometimes prior uh, to the creation of mankind. We know that they're able to manifest themselves in human form. In fact, the Bible tells us that they will at times disguise themselves even as human beings. In the book of Hebrews... Chapter 13, verse 2 is the most interesting one. It says, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. So I believe that there are moments you can interact with someone you would consider to be a human being. And they're really an angel. And so uh, in Genesis 19, we, we find another illustration with regards to this. Um, that angels will show up and the person that's interacting with them has no idea, at least at that moment, that they're interacting with an angel. There are moments that an angel is revealed in his full heavenly glory. Um, In Matthew 28, verse 3, it says, His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And so we'll find through the scripture in Daniel as well that when angels show up, Perhaps they come as we would envision them, I mean, with sort of this, the the radiant light and the beams of light, and we would see them in the fullness of heavenly glory, and that too can be a manifestation of an angel. And now the Bible tells us, and this is something uh, that people disagree on, I'll just tell you kind of where I land on it, they are spoken of in the masculine gender, and the scripture says that they're forbidden to marry or to Reproduce. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that they couldn't. It just means they're forbidden to do that. Um, In Matthew 22 and 30, uh, the Bible tells us here, For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven. Um, So, uh, if you believe, for instance, that the fallen angels in Genesis chapter 6 came down and had relationship with the daughters of men, and that's why there were Nephilim in those days, or giants, then obviously angels would have the capacity to reproduce. But the scripture tells us that whether or not they do, that they're forbidden by God to enter into this. Now, they're not a race of people, but the scripture tells us they're a company. So I don't know if we see angels, if they show up as white, Anglo-Americans, or if they would show up as Asians or Africans or Europeans. I don't know. Um, I, they probably have the capacity to show up and look in any way shape, or form uh, they need to, but um, they are they are they, they, I, I know of no female angels now i don 't want to say this uh well i 'll just say it there were, there was a great uh you know a couple years back an outpouring what we'll is called an outpouring in lakeland, and the minister that was in charge of that outpouring uh, kept saying he got his healing directions from a female angel and Emma was the name I believe now that always disturbed some of us I was on a national conference call and we were working through that and that disturbed a lot of a lot of folks because scripturally we just don't find female angels showing up that wasn't the only thing that caused some some skepticism to arise in that particular instance but but it was one of the reasons why that if that if you know, you're interacting with something that there's no scriptural foundation for, I think it should cause a little bit of, of, you know, God doesn't, God, God doesn't want you to be a garbage disposal that just, you know, it just sucks down anything that says I'm of God, you know, we just suck it down. I I think discernment means that you take a moment and say, Lord, I, I, you know, I I really want to make sure that you, and I don't think he's, he's irritated with that. I think you can have an appropriate moment now. Ear, now, discernment can turn into obstinence, if you let it. I, I would suppose that that appropriate, godly wisdom and caution could be twisted in order to produce disobedience or rebellion, and we can just couch it in different terms. I would suppose, but but true true discernment uh, is not a bad thing. So even in this regard, we should discern. Letter C. There are different categories of angels which represent different functions and authority. They are mentioned over 250 times in the scripture. In Colossians 1.16, it says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And so we know that just like um, the, the evil hierarchy in Ephesians 6 that Paul tells us about with regards to Satan and his setup. You know, Satan can't create anything. He counterfeits everything. And so Satan, I believe, just counterfeited how the angelic hierarchy exists before God. I believe that there are probably different levels of authority in angelic hierarchy. I believe that there are different responsibilities, different realms and spheres of jurisdictions. And so I believe all of this is set up in rank. In fact, in fact, angels are oftentimes, it seems to me as you look at them at times, set up in military fashion. So it would not surprise me if, if that were indeed the case. Let me go through a couple things that may be of interest to you. Let's talk about the different types of angels the Bible talks about. The first one that we at times hear of is the one called Archangel. Now Archangel really is mentioned only once in the Bible, and it's in reference to Michael. Now I'm going to tell you again what I believe and, and others don't, but I guess you're listening to me tonight, so you'll get to hear my view. There, there is only one Archangel. And I'll tell you you how I came to this conclusion. Number one is, it's only mentioned one time. I've heard, bless Billy Graham's heart. Now, I love Billy Graham, and he's done more in his lifetime for the Lord and for the kingdom than probably I will ever get to do. So I esteem him him and honor him. But in his book on angels, he said there were three archangels. One being Michael, one being Gabriel, and at one time, one being Lucifer. Well, I understand that's what he taught in in his book, but Billy needed to go back and check that one out, because I'm not sure that's quite accurate. Lucifer may indeed have been, uh, uh, well, no, I'll take that back. I don't know that he was an archangel, as I'll mention in just a minute. In Ezekiel 28, when we're talking about the uh, the analogy of Lucifer to the king of Tyre, it mentions that he was the anointed cherub that covers. So I don't believe even Lucifer was ever an archangel. But having said that, uh, archos arkas angelos, which is actually the, the Greek word archos, means first, the one who's first. And you can't have three firsts, right? I mean, you can't have three people saying I'm first. Something's wrong. So, so the Bible only puts archangel with one name, and that's with Michael. Gabriel is never mentioned to be an archangel. And again, in Ezekiel 28, if you want to look, look it up, Lucifer uh, was the anointed cherub uh, that covered the presence of God. Now, we know there are seraphim. Seraphim, according to the Scripture, are six-winged creatures who hover above the throne of God, In perpetual worship those are the seraphim the cherubim are those beings that cover the presence of God and are apparently nearest to him and so God has uh, these that cover his glory um, because if we were to experience the fullness of his glory I, I don't know that anyone could could survive that Moses wanted to see the glory of God and he had to be hid in the cleft of the rock and even the little bit that he got changed his face he had to wear the veil as you'll recall but uh but that's another aspect of the heavenly host and then this is the one people ask me about at times as guardian angels now believe it or not guardian angels is not something that hollywood made up but you can actually find that in scripture now you won't find the phrase guardian angel in scripture of course you won't find trinity in the scripture either or rapture remember you won't find that one either but the, the concept of guardian angel is in the Bible. In Matthew 18, verse 10, uh, Matthew 18, 10, it says this. It says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, meaning children. For I say to you that in heaven, they're angels. Now, if you underline that in your Bible, uh, make sure you underline that that's plural. This is what's good news. We've got at least two angels assigned to us. Everybody in this room has at least two. Now, some of you probably need more. But you at least have two. (laughs) You may keep them real busy. But Scripture says that when when someone's children are born, that they're assigned, it says they're angels. It's plural. So we know that there's at least two uh, angels that show up and are assigned to every person. Now we're going to talk about why it seems like some of, them, some of them aren't on duty at times when things happen. If a person, I wrote down here, hardens their heart against God and determines to do evil, this covering can and does go away. Now people have said, well how do you know? How do you know? Well I'm going to, I'm going to read to you a passage and we're going to get to this. I'm going to mention it here and I may mention it again a little bit later. And, and I remember the first time Trace and I ever heard this. Uh, his name was Larry Cox, who's from Arkansas. And he came in teaching. And I'll never forget, when he started teaching, he was from the... Imagine someone from the country in Arkansas, from the farm, that I don't know that he had a phone. And imagine he'd never been to school, probably just barely got through high school, if he got through high school. Just imagine... How that would sound, and he had such revelation that 's who God will use to get through to you he'll take this the very thing that you think you can't get anything from, and he'll use it to get through to you in first Corinthians eleven verse ten he read this verse and and then he he went all sorts of directions, but first corinthians eleven ten it says it says for this reason he it was Paul was talking about authority even within the marriage relationship. He was saying, for this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head. Now, we're not going to get into all of that. But the last phrase we are, it says this, because of the angels. Because of the angels. And he began to teach and and, and show us that when you function under authority, you have all authority. The angelic help you can imagine. But the minute you get out from under authority, what happens is you can begin to bind your angels. Because you cannot draw an angel into rebellion with you. You cannot draw an angel into disobedience. You cannot draw. So, so if, if we choose not to function under authority, if we choose not to function in God-given design, the angels are under no obligation at that point you understand and I'm going to read out of Psalm 103 here in a little bit which will underscore this but 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 don't don't hamstring your angels. If you stay in obedience, man, you've got all sorts of help working your direction. Now, what is the assignment of these angels? Well, number 1, angels worship, the Bible tells us, before the throne of God and serve him obediently. They serve him obediently. Number two, they celebrate before the throne of God every time a sinner comes to God in repentance. Isn't that neat? Every time someone gets saved at Legacy on Sunday, or any someone gets saved at a church anywhere around the world, there are angels that begin to rejoice before the throne. I think that's kind of a cool picture. The Bible says, number three, they escort the soul of a Christian to paradise at death. See, what happens when I die, Pastor? I don't know exactly at that moment, but I do know the Bible tells us you'll instantly be greeted by an angel that will escort you to the presence of God. Isn't that neat? I I suspect it will be the one or ones that have been assigned to you. I suspect that to be the case. Number four, they are the recorders of the good and bad deeds of our lives that are put in the books which will be opened up at the various judgments. Malachi 3.16 has always been an interesting verse that I've used on different occasions. It says this, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. Now, I want you to imagine it. Here, Here are some believers, apparently. And maybe they're sitting around a table, maybe they're sitting across the room from each other, but apparently they're having a conversation. The Bible says that those who feared the Lord are speaking to one another, and it says, And the Lord listened and heard them. What that means is, is that there are times, I've often said this, that that I've been in meetings and we've just had meetings talking about kingdom things or church things, and you don't realize that at that moment God's listening in and he's hearing. And it says, so a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. So oftentimes people have said, well, how is... How is God going to know all this, and how is it going to work? Your angels are tattletales. They're going to tattle on you. Sure they are. They're going to write down the good and the bad deeds of our lives. Boy, that ought to put the fear of God in you. Five, angels function in your behalf as you function according to the will of God and under authority. I read to you 1 Corinthians 11.10. Hebrews 1, 14 says this. Are they not all ministering servants or ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? So angels are really given to assist us because we're the inheritors of salvation, right? That's Hebrews 1.14. So these ministering spirits are sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. So there are angels that have been given given to me by God, they've been even given to my charge in order order to assist and to help kingdom purpose even as it works through my life. Now again, I'm going to come back to this at Psalm 103 uh, because it really is interesting how this works. Number six, angels execute divine judgment upon persons, cities, and nations. If you want to know how God brings his judgment to the earth, the book of the Revelation really really alluded to this when we studied it together because you remember who were loosening the seals and blowing the trumpets. Who, you remember who was doing that, don't you? Who? Angels, right. Well, angels are the ones, that's, that's pretty good imagery because if God, if God is going to lose judgment in the earth, God isn't just literally going to roll up his sleeves and stick his hand down there. He just has to dispatch angels. And angels can instantly deal with it in any way God sees fit. And then lastly number 7 I put angels are used by God to bring messages to people. And of course how evident is that even through the Christmas story. Now I put down here angelic encounters are possible and should be expected. However they should not be confused with the moving of the Holy Spirit. You know for a lot of years even I was confused about how you knew about angelic help and the the Holy Spirit helping and I didn't want to confuse the two and how does all this work? Well Let's just try to divide that encounters with angels. Should enhance our relationship with Jesus rather than distract us from him. So whenever angels come, they aren't out to distract you. They want they want your relationship with Jesus to be enhanced. Usually encounters with angels are brief and unmistakable. The Bible warns people clearly not to worship angels. You can see the references that I put in this regard with that angels and christians are allies in the conflict in which they are fighting to eject satan from his position in the earth's atmosphere intercessory prayer will solicit the help of angels in this battle now keep this in mind i'm going to come back to daniel 10 and here we are at psalm 103 i'm going to spend just a little bit of time here and then number five you cannot pray to angels however there appears to be provision to dispatch them within the will of god for kingdom purposes now Let's just read a couple passages here real quick. And and I, I just want to dwell here for just a minute. Daniel chapter 10. As you'll recall, Daniel had prayed in chapter 10 with regards to, to God's help. And it had taken some time for that help to show up. And it came up in the form of an angel. And in Daniel 10, verse 12, it says this. The angel shows up. And it says, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day... That you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Now, that's a really great verse that maybe you need to underline or remember because, on the first, this is going to help you understand prayer and what goes on sometimes in prayer. God is not deaf, that's what the Bible says. His ears are not deaf, his arm is not short. The first moment you prayed, God heard. Now, that's really good to know. Because sometimes you wonder, is God hearing me? I mean, maybe I'm the only one that wonders that. God, I want to remind you, my address is 1736, way Phone number. Because it seems like he is not hearing what I'm saying. But it says here, it says, From the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself, your words were heard. But listen, what happened in verse 13. But the prince... Of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now, I tell you what Daniel's saying at this particular point. He's saying is, is that there was there was a dispatching from the throne room an answer into Daniel's situation. There is a dispatching from the throne room an answer to your situation. And that's encouraging to know. But you've got to also know that, that answers and provision and help, even I think at times healing, I know these things are provided for in the atonement and God is, God is all powerful and I get all of that. But, but Satan is still the prince and the power of the air. He is still the God, little g, of this world. And there are things that are contended for that you have to fight for. That's why the scripture says that we have to press into the kingdom. That's why the Bible says that that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're divinely powerful. So so Daniel is praying about something, and he doesn't understand why it's coming, and the scripture tells us here that there's this this prince, this dark prince, this demon that is contending with this, this answer that was dispatched. And the angel tells us that Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me if I'd been left alone there with the kings of Persia. In fact, he actually says that there's a number of demonic forces that are contending with that answer. Now, I've got good news, and I've got, I guess, not well, it's not bad news because it's addressable news. And that is, you've got answers that are coming your way but they're being contended for and you've got to determine whether or not you're going to get in the hunt and whether or not you're going to get in the fight and whether or not you're going to get in the battle uh, because there's this contending that's going forth and of course what it says here is is that there will be other angelic uh, help that will come in order to loose this promise or to loose this this answer into Daniel's situation you say well pastor how does how does all that work how do you loose things up or press your way through well i'm going to show you in psalm 103 i ran across this passage and i think it gives us some insight as to how that's supposed to work psalm 103 um verse 19 psalm 103 verse 19 here here's what it says it says the lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all cool Now listen to what the writer says. This is what the writer is saying. Bless the Lord, you his angels. I'm going to stop here for just a minute. I'm going to 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 really uh, ask you to to discern and understand. So, So get the antennas up so you're not hearing me wrong. I do not believe that you can pray to angels. But I do believe you can dispatch angels and command them in. Yeah. Now I, I hear, I'm going to use this as a little illustration because sometimes people people get kind of twisted in this if If something is under my authority, um, let's just say I, I'll just use Noah because he's out of the room and he'll never know. Um, let's say there's something I need done. And I call Noah up on the phone and I say, Noah, this is what I this is what I need done. I am I'm dispatching you to get this done. Uh, There may be people who will stop you or they won't want you to do it. But you just tell them you're doing it for me and there's not going to be any problem. I need you to go do that. Now, none of you would think for any moment that that was weird or crazy or out of line. right? Right. You're right. Did I pray to Noah? No, I didn't pray to Noah. But what did I do? I dispatched Noah. Okay, I just want to make sure we're following. There's angels here, right? I got at least two. Now, now I'm not praying to angels, but I can because the writer here said, he's talk, who's he talking to here when he says, bless the Lord, you his angels? What's he saying? He's saying to angels what? <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, yeah, I know you thought I was going to trick you here. He's saying, bless the Lord who? You his angel. Is he praying to angels? No, I don't think so either. Who excel in strength. He's still talking to him. Who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Now, this is, this is what I believe. You can believe what you believe. But I can be praying to God. I can say, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you for sending this promise. Thank you for granting an answer in this regard. Thank you, Lord, for unveiling your will, that your will, your will is revival for this city. Let's just take a, let's just take a good, you know, pertinent illustration. Your will is revival for this city. Your will is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Lord, we know this to be true. We know you have spoken it in your word. We know you have spoken it prophetically to us. Lord, you have said that our portion and our inheritance is within that as well, that we are a part of the harvest gatherers that will be a part of what you do in these end times. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that nothing can stop your will. Nothing can stop your purposes, that your will will come to pass in the name of Jesus. And now I dispatch you ministering servants. To go and contend with those dark forces. Contend with the spirit of religion. Contend with the spirit of deception. And perversion. I dispatch you in the name of Jesus. To go begin to make a way to proclaim the gospel. I dispatch you right now in the name of Jesus. To go and open doors that that are being closed right now, that you, by your strength, would open these doors in the name of Jesus. Are you following me now? See, now you can begin to make application at, at every level. Because there are things that are being contended for. Amen? And, and, I, and, I, and, and while we, we, we certainly pray to God, and, and I think sometimes, and I've been reminded even as I did this lesson, that, that we can pray and we'll believe God and we'll trust Him, and all these things are great and wonderful. But you know, sometimes I think the key is, is to let's, let's get the spiritual, I think the angels are like, tell me what to do. Speak it. Because it says, heeding the voice. They're not going to heed your thoughts. Are you following me? Are you, I, I see, I just start get revelation on this. See, that's one of the reasons why confession is so important. Because when you begin to make confession, your angelic help all of a sudden has, ah, I get it. You see, because they're not God. Angels can't read your mind. Follow me? God can certainly know your heart, read your mind. God's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. Angels are not. So they've got to wait until they hear something from you that they can go implement. Otherwise, if you just sit there, just kind of, or if you're, 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 you're negative or if you're just, you're, you're speaking what is not God's word, it doesn't say that they'll heed the voice of your opinion. It doesn't say that they'll heed the voice of what you think. It says they know. Let me tell you something. They've been around God for eons of time. They, they know when they're hearing God and they want to hear God out of your mouth. And I'm just telling you, if we, could, if we could seek God and press into God and, and if God will unveil his ways, do you understand that God, it says that he has things that ears have not heard nor have I seen, but that he is reserved for those who have hearts that love him. And all of a sudden, he opens up that window and we see that. And isn't it wonderful to get that picture and to see what he's doing and to, to receive his promise into our heart? And angels are waiting to say, now that you've seen it, what do you want us to do with it? Well, you're encouraged, praise God. But, but we, need, we need to learn how to assign. Now, we'll give you some final thoughts here. Angels, the scripture tells us, now enjoy a superior position to human beings. We all know that angels are powerful. I mean, we, can't, we could not contend with an angel. But the Bible tells us they will eventually serve under redeemed humans who will be the elite of all creation. There will be a day that they will serve under us. Number two, the Bible tells us that redeemed people will one day judge angels. Number three, and this may be the the best paragraph to begin to distinguish what angels and the Holy Spirit does. The work of angels is distinct from the Holy Spirit. Angels administer material affairs. The Holy Spirit reveals the mind of Christ. Jesus was led by the Spirit, taught by the Spirit, and filled with the Spirit, but he was defended and protected by angels. See, there's a difference there. Angels, don't don't look to an angel to lead you or guide you. See, that's another problem when someone says it's the angel that's, see, they're just, you know, I'm willing to live with you know, some theological inaccuracy. I realize there's nobody that's perfect in their doctrine. You know, again, God wants us to have sound doctrine. Nobody's got perfect doctrine. But but if you're violating too much along the way, after a while, it's not ignorance. It's willful avoidance, okay? And then finally, number four, angels also appear to have assignment over specific earthly territory. In other words, you know, angels aren't rushing here, there, and everywhere, apparently in much the same way that Demonic forces are given certain authority over territories and places. God sets angels in authority over cities uh, as well. In fact, Ezekiel 9-1, I'll just end with that. Uh, Ezekiel 9-1, let me see if I can run it down here real fast on my sheet. It says, Then he called out in my hearing with a loud voice, saying, Let those who have charge over the city draw near, each with a deadly weapon in his hand. And Ezekiel is literally talking about angelic forces, that they have charge over cities. So just as there are demonic spirits that are uh, set by Satan over cities and territories, God has set angelic help. And understand that there's not only angelic help that is set over cities that's waiting to be dispatched, but there's at least two for each one of us. So that's why there'd be more that's for you than against you. And so angels, just an incredibly important blessing that God has provided for those who love him. I'll try, if you've got a question or two, I'll try to field it and see if I can answer it. And if so, we'll go for it. Yeah, Bobby.